0: Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. How's it going, Cody? It's
1: going pretty good. Pretty, uh, pretty alright. You know, everything's fine.
0: I'm also doing good. Thank you for asking. Oh,
1: sorry. I forgot to do my half of conversation.
0: (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. Silence. And it's just like... (laughs) cool i'm glad that we are having uh, a conversation
1: sometimes i forget that we're we have to like talk to record a podcast that i just kind of stare off into space
0: sometimes i forget that the podcasting is an audio medium so the only way that podcasting works is if we you know do audio which is
1: talking do you ever find youtube channels that are just like belligerently my microphone wasn't facing my face sorry Do you ever find YouTube channels that are just like belligerently not good at presenting themselves and it kind of makes them better? I will preface this by saying in case anyone's listening to this, I actually really enjoy this YouTube channel. It's called MC Rider. It's a guy that talks about riding motorcycles and he gives actual sound good advice and he gives it in a straight monotone with no inflection and talks so slow, but it's like it is low energy. It is just him calmly being like, and the thing about the motorcycle is, when you're making a turn, turn your head to the left, easily roll on the throttle, and let Cody, out the All clutch. of our
0: listeners just fell asleep all at once.
1: I know, but he's so good. He provides such good advice and sound information. He's like my favorite... Okay. YouTube motorcycle person because he's not screaming so and I actually, being like, I'm gonna run into
0: a car! I'm gonna give him and you a little bit of advice on podcasting. First of all, don't ever do what you just did ever again. You have to have some emotion to your voice. Second of all, nope. stop hitting your mic because I've heard like three mic strikes in the last minute. It's driving well, me crazy. Well, the
1: one was because the microphone wasn't facing me, and these condenser mics. No, no, sure just, are there, there was
0: two other than that. But anyways, oh, mm,
1: I didn't hit it. I don't. Well, maybe mm-hmm. I did. I don't know. Yeah, anyways, did. if I did, I'm sorry, listeners, for bumping my microphone. Okay,
0: Cody, because we just need to... What have you been up to recently?
1: Are you trying to railroad me into the structure that you want to take, Jordan? Anyways, what happened? You're going to be happy about one of these, Jordan. You're going to be like on cloud nine about both of my things, actually.
0: Okay, go you ahead. You ready?
1: Yes. Ready? Yes. Been watching Psychopass again. Um, like
0: the first season, or did you finally dip into the second?
1: Well, so I have Hulu, and I had watched the first season. Gosh, five years ago, probably. Yeah. And um. I liked it well enough, I didn't really remember it, now going back to it, but I started watching the second season too now, because that is on Hulu now, dubbed, and I don't like subbed anime because I'm lazy. Yeah, sure. Um. But I forgot, like, because we watched um Ghost in the Shell, the new Ghost in the Shell on Netflix, and wow, is, is Psycho Pass better. Yeah. Like, a lot better, much better, shockingly better, is Psycho Pass. It's not shockingly um,
0: because the new Ghost in the Shell was just bad. It's not shockingly better. Yeah. It is better to a normal extent, but it seems shocking because <laughs> Ghost in the Shell was that bad. Well, but it's
1: called Ghost in the Shell. And you, that would, has you would like think it would be like super of...
0: cool, and it's no, it's not.
1: Yeah. What do you think yeah. of Psychopath
0: season two? Because I've heard mixed reviews, but I loved season two.
1: I am like five, six episodes in, and so far. Isn't there only like eight episodes in season two? Oh, Gosh, I hope not. Um, So far, I will say it feels very similar. And if they do something new with it, then it'll be cool. And if they don't, I will be disappointed. But I actually like the character growth of... um, Oh, boy. I don't know a single person's name in this show. Don't worry. Um, it's
0: It's been five years since I've watched it, so I don't remember any of the names. So, you know
1: the guy who has the dead dad trope as a dad? The main character He's like an, no, he's an inspector. Yeah, but th- with he the has long glasses. Hair? Yeah. yeah. Cuz he was What's one of name? the
0: um inspectors from last time but now he's an enforcer cuz his dad died.
1: Right, right, right. That guy becoming his dad was actually an interesting turn and I like how his character changed. Um the relationship between him and girl protagonist Tuesday.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I I like their relationship. I think it's interesting because he used to be so like demeaning to her. She's actually changed in an interesting way. And it's I cool felt to see she didn't her, like, really
0: change at all, but you know,
1: she's like doing stuff now. She's like in charge.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which she, is a weird step Because she took over his her. position as like yeah. the like, main inspector.
1: I I like her underling that sucks and is terrible at her job. Oh, um, and it's like she doesn't follow all the rules, and then someone follows all the rules and like massacres an entire. Oh, yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. Her, the one who's kind of like jealous of her almost, and like.
1: I don't know if it's jealous or just like a by the book rookie who thinks she knows best. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Sorry,
0: again, it's been like five years since I have watched the second season. I thought it, I honestly I love the second season. Only eleven episodes. I thought it was. Start to finish, really good. I like the whole, like, their mystery. This time it's like the what color I thought was like a really good framing. It's like, oh, you always see the WC thing. Like, I thought that was really cool framing for it. It goes places. I liked it. I don't know if it's going to be like extremely unique compared to the other one, but I did really well.
1: Really like it. Yeah. I mean, you're never going to have that like initial magic experience of the setting for the first time because you already kind of know that the civil system's flawed you know that there are holes in it you know people can fake it so there's not like this slow discovery of like oh people could exploit this to end the world that already happened you know
0: um yeah i i i like the um the concept behind the main villain when you get there i really like the concept behind the main villain a lot and you'll you'll see it. I I don't know. I might honestly because I was because th- apparently they made a third season but with all new characters. So I might like watch the second season again because I, I personally because it was a little bit more concise, like, shorter, Wasn't I think the first season was, like, 26 episodes, maybe? The
1: first season was longer than I thought it was going to be. I kept thinking it was going to be done, and then I'm like, I'm on episode 13, I'm done, and then I wasn't. The I first was like, season is
0: 22 it's... episodes, second season's only 11. I think that the second uh, okay. season, yeah. because it's, like, way more concise, I thought, like, the second season was better, but, I mean, it could possibly just be, like, they were both really good, and I'm just, like, shorter stuff.
1: <laughs> well, and something I was thinking about, um... I was talking about this with somebody earlier today is like building suspense and building stakes. I feel like anyone that wants to learn how to build stakes in anything should watch Psychopaths Season 1. Because it does such a good job of being like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. One guy wears a helmet and then it's just like the world collapses and it's so... Like,
0: wait, what do you mean t- we t- can't, like, read his psychopaths because we can't see his face? Ah, oh, crap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, everyone's like, wait, so is everything... Okay? I think it's... Fu- oh, no, everyone's wearing these... Oh, no!
0: <laughs> like, it's... Well, I mean, even the first time in the first season, will like, you see the villain who, like, oh, everything's fine, then you point the gun at him, he's clearly evil because he's holding a razor blade to someone's neck, and they point the gun, and the gun doesn't activate it, and so it's just like, what? <clears throat> that can yeah. happen? Well, and it's like... With him in that moment, that was like, okay, there's one of
1: him. And then you see a guy with a helmet, and you're like, there's two of him. And then it's like, I've made a thousand of
0: these helmets, and you're like, oh and then no! You just run rampant in the city, just beating people to death. It's like, oh my god.
1: He's like, I've just given these to everybody. Have fun.
0: Bye. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say it's like it definitely stands apart as cyberpunk, like sci-fi animes. And I mean I still like Ghost in the Shell better but it definitely has done better than the last few Ghost in the Shell um yeah things yeah that have well better
1: out. than was it 2049 is that what the last no, one was No it's like
0: was it 2040 it's something you know it's, what I'm talking yeah, about Yeah it was look I hated every second of it except for like the it was last very episode bad. Yeah, the last
1: episode got good, and then the show ended. So,
0: and then the show ended. It's like, oh, so you actually had a compelling mystery, and then you gave us the finger afterwards. Oh, I think it was twenty forty five, right? Yeah, it was twenty forty five. S A C twenty forty five.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, what's oh yeah, Horizon? How's that coming? Because that's Horizon's obviously going... the
1: other thing you were talking. Good. About. I um I am aggressively ignoring the plot. Um no 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 you don't understand. Like, <laughs> there was a part where I just decided, I'm gonna go get all the long necks and well, yeah, all of the, um, cauldrons. C- crucibles, not cauldrons. Cal- crucibles. No, you
0: were correct the first time. Cauldrons.
1: No, it's... Oh, cauldrons. Okay, I'm gonna go and get all the long necks and all the crucibles.
0: And I love how you were about to say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, no, no, Cody, I do. <laughs>
1: um, and there was a part where, like, I couldn't get to one of the long necks because I couldn't fast travel to it. And there was a lake... And then a sheer cliff in between me and the long neck, and I was talking to one of my friends, and she's like, "You know, the story eventually like guides you into this area." I'm like, "I'm going there now, just to spite the story." You get
0: to all of them before you. You,
1: Yeah, I did. I did. It just took forever because I swam across the lake and then hit a sheer cliff face and was five feet away from the long neck, but could not climb the cliff face, and had to walk all the way the frick around the world, <laughs> then back to the long neck.
0: Yeah, because there's, a, spe- and I was there's like, a specific direction you have to go, but you don't need the story for it.
1: Yeah, and th- I was, like, woefully underleveled. The cauldron I went to had a thunder jaw, and I yeah, got Yeah, that's the wrecked. one I
0: told you that was really hard for me, even though I had all of the bonuses and stuff.
1: Okay, so here's the deal. I... I did bad the first time, and then the second time I was just like, "You know what? Screw playing fair." I shot him with one of like the, um, exploding not yeah, the like
0: tear blast arrows. Yep.
1: The tear blast arrows, and then I just got his gun and shot him in the heart thirty times.
0: Yeah, that's exactly because he was, has like that. Yeah, that's exactly what he are supposed heart. to do.
1: I didn't know that, but like the first time I was just like pew pewing him in the face you, with my little bobo. Do you bobo. scan
0: the robots? first
1: um sometimes yes okay, cool. usually but i'm just like oh i'll shoot him with fire but the thing about a thunder jaw is they're not weak to anything like their body is not weak yeah but they if you scan it you will you say oh their
0: heart is weak to um you know is weak does double damage you could t- right. easily tear off the sub you might want to shoot it in the mouth a couple times so you blow off the cannon i think i did
1: shoot its mouth yeah a because few he has times. those of, lasers. yeah there was a cannon yeah but it was a lot of i got his big giant gun and then just shot him in a bunch with it they are weak in to the freezing stomach.
0: they will freeze like it's gonna take you a couple of arrows but they will freeze i mean
1: i think what i remembered about like just their general body is they weren't really weak to anything but they weren't strong against anything yeah. so it was just gonna be difficult all around but you know and then I also killed a, a giant flappy bird. I don't remember. Stormbird. What said we cute. literally
0: talked about this before we got on. I the
1: know, box. but I forgot. I killed a Stormbird. That was kind of a hassle just because of, like,
0: there's a lot of bits to shoot off of that. Yeah. Um. um but it wasn't that bad. My, you know, my I'm advice fun. for Stormbirds is tie him down, shoot the things on his neck, then freeze him. Because he has frozen um, canisters on his neck. Freeze is really easy, then shoot his chest, blow that up, and he's pretty much dead at that point. I
1: think I did the chest thing first first yeah. and then i just started going for the wingdings
0: yeah there's a lot there's a lot of stuff on them but there's so you lo- haven't well, done like thing. any story stuff
1: um the last brave horde. i'm still supposed to go and meet Aaron and figure out about his sister but i'm just kind of like i want to go wander around and make my own fun so i'm just kind of wandering around okay. and doing bandit camps that's and fine. stuff
0: i mean that's the part of the game that i like the most i do really like the story but the like actual gameplay loop is what's the relaxing part to me, and yeah, I was just so I I, I, I need a- I need to find like a stumpler
1: or something. Trimpler? I don't remember what it's called something like that I, and get his heart You are the
0: most dad person in the entire world it's like i
1: gotta get a big stompy the and thing get that his heart so i can get a better word about
0: like talking to my mom about like comics and stuff like that is that she would always get the wrong names of like literally everything and you do that to an extreme degree where it's like my mom like yeah she'll, she knows what she's talking about but you just like it feels like you try to do the wrong names
1: it might be that I intentionally don't learn their. The other thing words about um, so I want to
0: say the other good thing that you need to do on audio is not talk with something in your mouth.
1: Okay, <laughs> if I just spit all over my desk, I wanted to. I wanted a, a Tic Tac. I
0: like Tic Tacs. Yeah, but you don't have to. You can say, "Hold on a second. It's like, so for one thing about your dishes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It needs We've to be real for the people, We've hundred episodes of this show, and we still can't get it right. <laughs> so, Jordan,
1: what have you been up to lately, aside from criticizing how I play um, Merida, the robot
0: killer? See what I mean? See, it's like you try to make me mad.
1: Horizon Zero Dawn, I actually did forget for a second. I kept <laughs> just thinking Brave.
0: Anyways, despite you trying to get under my skin, I'm not going to let you this time. Um so I went on vacation this past week and visited like one of my dearest friends. Um so I have no other friends who like to watch horror movies or anything like that other than you, but like I can't watch a movie with you from thousands of miles away so well, it's not thousands it's like hundreds <laughs> i don't
1: think we're thousands of miles away <laughs> we're, 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 <laughs> not that we're, we're really close well, to i will tell other, you but... we are
0: about four and a half hours away but so like i went down and this is the, like my horror movie friend and so we watched four freaking horror movies over my vacation oh uh, i will say well, which four they were varying levels of good or bad and uh, we watched the first one we watched mara it's on netflix it's like um sleep paralysis in your sleep paralysis like pretty much the an older version of the girl from the ring will come and get you it's like this demon called mara but she's like this really tall thing like does like the weird crawl like samara from the ring which if you can see it i do have a like a painting of samara right behind me um one of my favorite horror movies um but yeah so 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 that one they do like the thing with sleep paralysis like They go out of their way to make it scarier than it needs to be, even though sleep paralysis is already really scary. And, like, because I have sleep paralysis, like, you know, relatively often, like, I did research. I know a lot about it. And all this, like, most of the stuff they presented about sleep paralysis in that movie was just wrong. It was just blown out of proportions <laughs> and wrong. And I'm sitting here, it's
1: like... You gotta take some liberties when you want to make it it's like, scary. yeah, yeah. When
0: I'm feeling sleep paralysis, my eyes snap open, and I'm like, I'm doing all of this, moving around. No, no. You're just making it all scary. Like, none of that. Yeah, anyways. And then, so we watched... Mar- then we watched this movie called Wretched, which um is, like, this kid, like, is living with his dad over the summer to help his dad with his, like, boating business. And next door, the neighbor's, um like, the neighbor, like, lady next door is kind of, like, something's weird about her, and she's, like, you know, trying to, like, kill her own child, but turns out she's possessed by a demon and trying to kill, like, the steal all the children's souls or something like that. And I actually thought that, well, was decently good, whether they did your, like, cliche ending or it's just like, okay, whatever. Where it's like, ah, I was like, oh, is this character not possessed because they're staring at the camera, like, really darkly? And it's like, but how would they be possessed when the, like, The demon witch thing got burned in the end. Don't know. Yeah, I kind of sometimes
1: like and sometimes don't like that. Like, ooh, we got you. Yeah, the demon's not dead. Ending. It's always but it's so typical
0: now. Where it's just like I'm tired of it. Like, find another way to scare me than having them like stare at the cameras. Like, are they the demon? Oh, and then we watched the turning with um, Finn Wolford from um, Stranger Things. I'm sorry. What's his name? Wolfard. Wolfard. I didn't want to say Wolfhard. Okay. It's Wolfhart. It's not heart. It ends with a D, you idiot.
1: Okay. No, it doesn't.
0: Shoot. It's been Wolfhard. It's Wolfhard.
1: No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think Oh, it's pronounced snap. Wolfhard. Oh, snap. I was right again because I know what I'm talking about. Unlike you. F- Wolfhard. Hang on. Wolfhard. Wolfhard. It's not Wolfhard. It's not Wolfhard. It's not Wolfhard. Because it has a D. I
1: want to know how to pronounce his name.
0: Um, or you can not stop the show dead in this track to be proven wrong.
1: No, I really need to know this now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm listening.
0: I, I do love okay, this so thing. It's, anyways, like, it's with- Wolf Hart. It's like, no, <laughs> you're wrong. I might have pronounced it wrong the first time. I will admit, maybe. But it's not heart. I will say that.
1: Well, I, uh, I, I am wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I love that you do that to me all the time. Where it's like, no, you're wrong. It's like, wait, let me look it up. Oh crap.
1: So, anyways, Finn Wilford. Yeah. The oh God, I hate you so. Much. But
0: the the turning, eh, it was fine. It was fine. It was just like it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was fine. And it did the ending, where it's just just the ending didn't make sense for the rest of the movie. And you could tell they were trying to like scramble for something special at the end. Maybe like ran out of ideas or budget, but it just didn't, it wasn't good in the end. The rest of the movie was fine, but just wasn't. And then the last horror movie we watched was You Should Have Left with um Kevin Bacon. And yes, it's pronounced Bacon and not Bacon. I think his name's Borkin, actually. <laughs> Kevin <back> Borkin. <laughs> um Kevin Bacon. I thought it was really good. They had like the concept of the haunted house was a lot like it was really interesting and more interesting than your normal haunted house that they just throw at you. But it's like the one where it's like um he's like you know an older man dating like this young actress and like to get away from like the hustle and bustle of like her acting job oh, they go to this yeah. house in wales and it's just like all this weird stuff starts happening and then he notices that the house is bigger on the inside that it is on the outside and then just more weird stuff happens and just Like, the actual haunting stuff I thought was, like, actually pretty cool was, like, you go down this hallway and they're, like, all the doors are... It's, like, they did the Scooby-Doo thing where you open a door, you walk through, you come through another door that's on the other side of the hallway. It's, like, wait a second. (laughs) But, yeah. You know what is
1: a nice thing to know about my relationship with my wife?
0: Is that she won't watch horror movies with you?
1: No. If at any point we were in a a house that was even maybe haunted, we would get a hotel room so quick. Oh yeah, 100%. And order Papa John's. It'd be like we walk in and we're like, this place is weird and she would just be like, do you just want to go to the Super 8 and get Papa John's? And I'd be like, yes I do, let's leave.
0: Okay, so like, in the movie, like he goes and he sees like his journal he's been writing through because he's been getting over some stuff in his life, has the words like scrawled in big letters, like you should leave now. And it's like if I saw that, yep. Bye. Let's go. We're getting out of here. Uh, yeah, we're packing up and
1: leaving now. In this, like the, f- like we'll leave all our stuff. I don't care. Just put Graham in the car seat. We're on the road. Like, no one
0: has to tell me more than once to get out. I'm gone. Because
1: here's the thing: <laughs> has there ever in the history of forever been a haunted Panera Bread? No, there hasn't. So <laughs> well, just thanks go for ruining the, the story Panera Panera I've been bread.
0: writing for the last few months.
1: <laughs> Is it about a haunted? Yeah, Panera that's bread? the joke.
0: That's the joke I'm making, Cody. Yes.
1: Oh, well, I mean, if you want to write about a Haunt Panerba, that's fine.
0: Thank really you for just, like, killing that joke, <laughs> 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 just, like, that joke completely. Thank you for just, like, bidding that joke over just shooting it in the head. It's like, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I've been watching a lot of horror movies, still trying to um watch Twin Peaks. Second season definitely, so far, isn't as good as the first.
1: I forgot you were watching Twin Peaks. It's great. Peaks. Yeah. I still
0: like it, but the second season is definitely a lot weaker so far.
1: Takes a turn. Takes I'm a weird only turn. on like
0: episode five or six.
1: Of the second season. Of the second season? season, yeah. Gosh, I gotta go Murderer has not been revealed, but I heard is. it's
0: at about episode seven.
1: Oh, right, because it's weirdly halfway through season two. Not even like halfway like figure third. it out. It's weird. Yeah. That show got strange because people just wanted to like chill in Twin Peaks and not like have it be dangerous you know so they just kind of had to wrap up the scary part and then have it be like a nice little town but that's not the point it's supposed to be
0: like this weird like supernatural happening over this nice backdrop and that's the part i like right
1: yeah it was supposed to kind of have a duality to it and then i think in season two people wanted it to be a soap opera so they yeah oh it is very very
0: soap opera in the season so far it's like, well, soap and- opera with some weird stuff, like the um Nadine, the one-eyed lady, like, she goes into a coma, and now she's reverted to, like, a teenager, and yeah. she also has super oh, strength. Oh, god. She also has super strength for some reason. Oh, oh man,
1: you're making me remember so many things. Excess adrenaline. Because he's, like, cheating on her, right? Like, he's, like, kind of having an affair. Yeah,
0: yeah. Ed, like, is in love with Norma. Like, he was her first love, and then, like, he, like because she cheated on him first he ended up marrying nadine but then he still loves her and so like behind nadine's back they're kind of like together and then her husband just got out of jail it is a soap opera it is a hundred i am watching a soap opera with horror i am watching passions i am just watching passions. and that
1: was not that was not an accident on david lynch's part like he kind of did that on purpose um, cuz there's like a soap opera in the background yes, of the show. Yeah. Like the backdrop of the show, there's a soap opera that every in the character background seen watching at
0: of... some point.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean it makes sense like it it's an understandable thing that he was doing. But yeah, I forgot how weird season. I forgot about what's her name being like super strong. Oh cuz she was like nutty before that, right? She was like crazy about curtains Yeah, she wanted and to have the completely silent
0: and... curtain runners was her thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and she was like having a manic episode, as she was like swinging curtains open. Yeah, and then shut. She,
0: she like tried to commit suicide because her curtain like patent idea got um, declined, and so she um, took a bunch of pills, and that's how she got into the coma. And now she's a super superhero teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. It's really right. confusing. Anyways, if anybody wants to watch wow, *Toy Beats*, go that. watch *Toy Beats*. It's very good, but very bonkers. Well, yeah, that's all I've been up to is horror movies and um, that. Anyway, so Cody, what was last week? We're, we, we're doing um, a continuation. Grape- How do you not know this?
1: Well, I did Grape Ape and you did like um, something else, man. It was a lot more than what I did. It was complicated. There was societies it was like a kind of parallel earth wasn't it yeah
0: you you got one thing right
1: yeah okay i'm remembering now yeah it was like a parallel okay so cody
0: you did your so we were doing long form worlds where we spend two episodes building one world each and so cody you did retro futurism with like this different planet and like you know all the because i forget how it got there but the plants and everything have like a purplish tint to them purplish hue
1: uh, one island is closer to a sun yes, than emits light okay. where it would be beneficial for the chlorophyll and plants so to, to be purple. Your
0: sentient race is like a pretty much a, a purple um, humanoid ape-like thing.
1: Yeah, I mean humanoid in that they're bipedal. But but you pretty
0: much you man, you've set mammalian. up the flora fauna, but you never really got into the society. But what mine was.
1: No, didn't touch society. Didn't touch society. That's what all mine
0: weeks. was supposed to be. Was more of like a wretch, uh, like an alternate earth where we have, um you know, multiple different s- continents split up with humans living on each of them. But also in this um alternate earth, there like behemoths and like leviathans and other creatures that like you would hear in legends, but they actually exist in this world. But my so you did retrofuturism and then I am kind of doing the age of exploration and that's kind of where we left off right. last week um so if you want to know what's going on this week please listen to last week's episode and yeah I really don't want to go through my whole world again because a lot as Cody so forgot a lot went into it
1: I forgot the like hook of it was if there's like not exactly magic but Bigfoot does yes. exist crypto that really exist, doesn't play too magic. much
0: into it other than the fact that like you were exploring like i more or less for this one specifically tried to do like a kind of a dnd background like a, a, like you know if you're going to play a game and you could pick what different society of people you were from like you were exploring and like there's going to be these monsters and stuff so but i don't want magic because you know yeah anyways cody dice roll
1: Oh, yeah, geez! I, like, forgot Ooh, how to do our you are show. probably going first. It's been so long. That'd be good. I would actually really yeah, like to yeah, go first.
0: Yeah. Unless you... I rolled a four. <laughs> That's funny. I rolled a three.
1: That Woo! is really funny. Go wow. first. You, you,
0: like, I set the bar really low, and you just stepped right over it.
1: Right? Okay, now the question is, what kind of lo-fi music to chill to do I want to listen to while doing this? I don't know.
0: Listen to Sarisu
1: what's serisu
0: just listen to serisu s-e-i-r-s-u i think
1: oh i think you've told yes, me to listen to yeah. this
0: before you're welcome ryan anyways go on go to-
1: are you just plugging your friend <laughs> to me right now <laughs> yes, is that what's, exactly happening? what's happening okay let me scroll through my ridiculously long <clears throat> um notes all right this micro reel is called early society and the exodus Welcome back, future geniuses! We warn you, science can be cruel at times, and so can nature. It can be vicious and cruel, so our younger viewers sorry, our younger geniuses may want to avert their eyes. The bubble car parks in the purple white forest near a small fire burnt near a small fire. Around it sit hulking purple figures holding clubs and eating smoking meats and roots. Oh. The scene is what any young viewer might imagine their ancestors would look like. Then, into the clearing limps a smaller purple ape. She carries a spear with a stone tip and drags her latest kill. The other ancient ancestors look on with blank and hostile faces. With no warning, there is a cruel and alien shout. The larger purple ape leaps forward with his club. The fight is short and bloody. The smaller and wounded ape with a spear is afraid and tries to use her spear to defend herself. But the larger ape swaps it aside and beats her to death. As I said, junior geniuses, the truth of our origins is sad and cruel. We found many fossil records that indicate many early purple apes killed each other with rudimentary weapons. There have also been many...
0: <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I, I love lost this my, part sorry, of the no, show. I just every time, page. Like it gets cut out every time, but I love this part of the show where it's just like silence. You do a weird look. It's like I don't know what I just. There wrote. have also
1: been many correlations with smaller and weaker apes being found with more and more advanced tools. <laughs> Notice in the scene you just saw how the wounded ape carried a weapon with a stone tip. This seemed to be this trend. Stronger, larger purple apes regularly conquered their better technology from those apes that created them. We also see evidence of territorial conflict between tribes. But it was not all violence at this time. We have found some simple pictographs, even evidence of fields or agriculture. These seemed largely to be areas where anything that was not food providing was removed, but we were learning. Alas, that is not the end of this story. The end of this story is the canoes, built by one tribe of resourceful apes. They fled the persecution of their larger peers... These were the refugees that would later create a society. So my idea with this was that like there was a technological divide, and that is kind of what led to a schism way early on for these like way early on in society, right? Um so these purple apes that would become like the sentient race that rules this uh world originated on Gia Minor, which that's like the little or broken off island that's all yeah. purple. Um, but they had to flee, and so then you get, like, two cultural developments going on, one on GM Major and one on GM Minor. And the reason for that was, like, fleeing larger tribes that were conquering them, basically. And so, like, some of them learned to make boats, and were just like, we're out of here, paddle, paddle, (laughs) paddle. And that, that is the end of, like, early, and, like, at this time, this is, like, Stone Age-level stuff, right? So... They had fire, they had stone, they did not have wheels yet. They maybe had like levers to move rocks, maybe. Um, and like really basic agriculture, but most of it was like hunter gathering,
0: basic machines like ramps and pulleys and stuff like that.
1: Uh, they didn't have wheels ah, yet. The wheel was not gonna come, be- so this was like no wheels, but maybe they figured out if you like stick a stick under a rock you could lift it with a stick you know? so
0: i will say i am pl- paying extra attention because before we started go you said you got dark and it's like i'm surprised because usually i'm the one who gets really dark and
1: yeah i thought the scene of like an early like for this race of people like an early person murdering another one because it was weak was pretty brutal
0: that's just you know survival of the fittest my man right (laughs) this is like as dark as what i just said was it's just what happens anyways are you ready for this jelly i am all right here's my part hear me hear me people of suveil any man or woman who is able-bodied king Bertram needs you to volunteer as the scientists have found there are lands outside of suveil join the king's holy crusade and help discover new worlds we must spread the prosperity of Suveil vale to all of Vale. King Butram needs you. And this next part comes from Osin the scholar. It all started with ideals of grandeur by our great King Bertram. He gave into what the thinkers of our time were saying and even accepted them into his court. They told him what everyone already knew. First, Vale was not the center of the universe, and second, Su Vale was not the only continent of Vale. We, the people of Suvale, were only a small part of something much larger. There was more to this world than what was right in front of our faces. To King Bertram, this didn't make us more small or insignificant. This only elevated Suvale as the holy inhabitants of this world. Of course, instead of wanting to explore Vale in order to further our understanding of the world, King Bertram wanted to conquer any newly discovered land and claim it for his own posterity. His ancestors boasted great feats such as eradicating dragons and claiming treasures from volcanoes, so Bertram wanted to be the next great king by spreading the lands of Suveil to the entire world. Anyone with half a mind would see this as an issue. We would be potentially damaging the rich histories that have been previously hidden to us. To think, if we could have studied the dragons in the Thin Apes, we could know where these great behemoths came from, and even where we truly came from. Knights had previously explored further south and and found that our green verdant land stops dead in its tracks to reveal a harsh desert filled with giant lizards. Those knights tried to travel to the desert to bring back bounties. They wanted to hunt more behemoths for the glory of King Bertram, but they never returned. What could have been in the desert to prevent their return? The possibilities were endless. The other scholars agree that there could be something even greater on the other side of the desert. The opportunity to discover new lands had the intellect community itching to explore, but King Bertram had other ideas. The king has been recruiting troops by the masses. The more people, the more land that can be covered. Of these people, some have been trained to sail on the king's fleet while others work as infantry to penetrate the seemingly impenetrable desert. The great seas to the east and west must yield something else, but the waters are dark and ominous. Some even rumor of monsters lurking from the deep. If there were behemoths in the plains and basilisks in the deserts, why wouldn't there be leviathans lurking in the deep? Those of the king's old religion believed that God was warning us not to cross into unknown water. But Bertram wanted to push forward, ignoring the warnings of prophets from the past. Unlike kings before him, Bertram only loosely holds to the old religion, taking the priest's advice with caution. Bertram's true goal is to take this world, so he is willing to do whatever it takes, even if it means crossing the Holy Order or sending him fleet to traverse the seas of Zella and Inra. But what does he have to worry about? He is not the one who is at risk of any danger. The king will sit on his throne and await reports from his brave but stupidly loyal soldiers. Explorers and scholars have been joining the king's fold, greedily grabbing onto the bone that Bertram has tossed them. They all jump at the chance to be the first to voyage across the great sea and find new lands. They will be his navigators into lands unknown. But behind the king's forces, there are those who want to explore the world without the ideals of domination. They do not follow the king's order and do not want to give the unknown lands to him. They have garnered respect from their own crews of fearless explorers and have hopes that one day they will be the ones to explore the edges of Vale. One day, we hope that others will rise despite being choked by the king's shadow. And so that's kind of my first part. Kind of just like the start of it where it's like the king's like, you know, realizing that there's more out there. And, you know, Cindy, like troops and boats to kind of discover what else lies behind the seas and down south.
1: You know, I I, uh, I feel like our, our worlds took like an oddly similar tack here that I was not oh. expecting. Um, but anyways, okay, here's my section two. I just clicked on the... the there it clicked is. okay. I got too many tabs. Too many tabs. All right. This is uh, Micro Reel 2. The Techno Revolution. Actually, I guess this would be Micro Reel 6. 6. Six. No. No. It would be... It would be 5 because I only did 3 Micro Reels left. Micro Reel 5. The Techno Revolution welcome back junior geniuses after our dark beginnings those fleeing purple apes would go on to found a great society the bubble car flies over the water to gia major where the where a city is being built purple apes stick out in their new environment but more so does the massive city built of stone and bronze This might seem small by modern standards, but at the time, the ten-story buildings and monuments seemed wondrous. All over the city, purple figures could be seen building and trading. Chips of metal are exchanged for goods as farmers sell crops and smiths sell tools. The rhythmic sound of drums made of gleaming metal fills the air. In the heart of the city is a wondrous and massive bronze plate statue with glowing eyes. These were the first geniuses, future geniuses! You see, they learned to refine copper, which made new tools possible. But more importantly, they discover what happens when these new metals came in contact with magnetic rocks. Electricity! This birthed our darkest age. Thousands of years passed, and we learned to heat new metals and create amazing new things with this our confidence and civilization grew outside the window of the bubble car time begins to speed forward again metal takes on a gray hue and all the while the glowing statue in the center burns its electric glow soon there are street lights the bubble car takes to the sky and flies high soon more cities can be seen rising up all over the landscape Mechanical devices tend large fields, and the landscape becomes more uniform. We had food and time to spare, and none of us had ever forgotten our homeland, the place where we were forced to flee. We had traveled back there a few times, but our ancestors that had been left on Gia Minor had become feral and superstitious. They believed in all manner of magics and curses. Some would trade, but many more would attack us. But still, we never forgot. That is when our ruling elders at the time made a decision that would shape the next 4,000 years. Geominor was to become ours again. Massive warships were built and armies were raised, and we crossed the water in force. Few records now remain from that conquest. It only lasted four years. But in that time, an estimated quarter of the population of Geominor was decimated. Most of their villages were destroyed, and new metal cities took their place. It was not just a conquering of new lands, it was a destruction of the culture that had shunned us. That is the darkest action of our society. Generations of historians still debate, to this day, why we felt the need to invade Gia Minor. We have never totally understood, but the result was a unity that led us into the modern age of technology, reason, peace, and amazing growth. A civilization spread all over the cradle.
0: That is the end of section two. Interesting. So when does the nuclear bomb hit and they all just disappear? I'm waiting for uh, it to get, like, actually dark, man.
1: I-, I thought it was pretty bad that they went back and, like, destroyed the culture that was just different than theirs. I mean, it's what we did. Like, totally and successfully, we're just like, well, we want G.M. Minor back.
0: It's ours now. I mean... We wanted America. It was ours now. We're just repeating the darkness that's already been been handed down to us. Okay, so here's my um, society history part two. Herey, herey, still no reports from the east, west, north, or south voyages, but news has come in from the southern land. The infantrymen and explorers have made contact with the savages of the south. They have built monuments to their pagan gods and have driven our people from the lands. King Bertram is sending forces to the south to conquer the lands of Suvale, but we are seeing resistance. Join the army today to spread King Bertram's rule to the south. I mean, we kind of have a similar thing. Um, This next part comes from Tracius the Observer. I watched the Suvale fleet sail into the great seas to conquer the world. But as those ships crossed into the deep oceans, they were met by harsh storms and the ones they should have truly feared most. The Leviathans. The Leviathans, sensing the sailors' intentions, dragged the fleets to the bottom of the sea where those boats will never be seen again. Word of the destruction never made it back to Suvale. Despite that, both the religious and the scholars sensed the truth. There was much more to the ocean than previously thought. Recruitment for the Suvale naval fleet dropped to mere double digits. King Bertram counted his losses and focused his attention to the south. The troops sent to the southern desert braved the unimaginable heats, and much to their surprise, they found a city of gold, speckled with shining jewels. Around this city was a vast impenetrable wall. The Suveil troops sent back, sent word back to their kingdom before approaching the golden city of Amteras. Upon requesting entry, they found they could not understand the Amterasians' language, and conflict started. The people of Amteres believed the Suvalians were a conquering army in league with the desert Basilis and closed their gates, readying an attack against the Suvalians should they enter Amteres. When King Bertram learned of these Amteresians and how they worshiped the gods of the night, he deemed the, pe- the desert people savages. To the king, it was his destiny to conquer the city of gold for Suvale, taking it away from the pagans who dishonored his religion. Amteres would be Suvale's holy land. Conquering these people will be the first step to growing the Suveil kingdom into an empire. The City of Gold held strong, as they were used to battling the much larger desert behemoths. Holding off an army of humans came easy to the Amteressians. Through their resistance, a seemingly endless war was given life. As Suveil fell deep into the war in the south, something unexpected happened. A ship from the struggling naval fleet returned with proof of another land. They brought with them flowers and animals never before seen in Suvale. This not only sparked new interest in the Suvale Navy, but also gave rise to many privateers and other independent explorers. The race was on to finally discover the New World. Out of the many who would try to explore new lands, there were those who stood out amongst the rest. Eventually, these individuals would come to be known as the Eight. Each of them took a small crew of people and set off in a different direction. Captain Willem Douglas sailed across Zella, braving the dark depths, and landed on the eastern shore of Truvale. Manuel Gis, Suvalean holy man, followed suit and crossed Zella, only to find himself on the southern continent of Edia amongst the Crims. Mariah and the Cold Water Pirates traveled north to Avale, while her former mentor, Suvale Naval Captain Carlisa Thorpe, sailed south to the southern ice cap. Captain of the infantry units Slavin Dirk led the crusade against Amteres, while a small rogue unit accompanied by historian and healer Mesa Aria snuck past the war in the desert and found the great rainforest of Seleucia in the deep south. Finally, King Bertram's identical twins Serpic and Tarn, after hearing of Willem Douglas' success, sailed across Inra to find themselves on the western shore of Truvale. These eight people became the cornerposts of the Age of Exploration and what, what opened the world unto itself. But unlike the king's beliefs, they are not the sole importance of this planet of veil. Vale. And that's my second part.
1: I, I like your world better than mine. Why? I like exploratory Pirates. That's fun.
0: Yeah. No, I, I just also like the ideas, like, cause like, you know, we have our stories of like Columbus and Magellan and like those like first explorers. And like, they were like the big names that everybody remembers, but I liked having like these eight people be like, you know, what kind of sparked it and like being the change of the world and the start of the true age of exploration. So,
1: yeah, no, I, I like, I like that better. Okay. I like your world better. Well, thank
0: you. That means a lot.
1: Alright. As much as I
0: hate you, every compliment means a lot.
1: Modern... Okay, so this is micro-real number whatever I've lost track.
0: This will be six.
1: Uh... Modern day cities in the sky. We want to thank you future geniuses for watching the history of our world, The Cradle. We here at Technication cannot express our joy that we can help shape young minds and give all of you the tools you need to understand our past so you can guide our future. And now for my favorite part. when us lowly purple apes, rise to the sky. The bubble car leaves the ground, zooming through the clouds. Then, as if by magic, massive platforms rise up alongside the bubble car. Some open air, others domed in glass. The first that rose up housed crops, or solar and wind farms. But soon others broke through the clouds, multicolored and beautiful, like a time-lapse of a fleet of hot air balloons. In a matter of moments, the whole civilization rose above the clouds. Look at that, young ones. The result of anti-grav technology allowed us to lift ourselves far above the surface of the cradle. We have finally flown the nest. The closeness to the sun and the ease with which wind can be harvested makes this an ideal way to power our civilization. Eventually, it was also decided that we would live among the clouds. There were some issues of vertigo, but, that... but this has allowed the surface of our planet to return fully to nature without our influence. The surface of the cradle now serves as a natural park for us to explore and love. And maybe someday a new civilization will join us among the skies. Now let's see what these cities among the sky have to offer. The bubble car flies towards a bustling domed city. A massive airlock allows the car to enter the city, then it smoothly lands on a bouncy rubbery surface. As the car cruises the roads, massive skyscrapers stretch high above fl- the floating platform. Far overhead, hanging rope- ra- hanging ropeways allow pedestrian traffic to glide over the cars. The floating city is built around a plaza ringed with restaurants, live entertainment, and arcades. Throughout the upper levels of the city, there are boutiques. There are boutique shops selling all manner of toys and novelties. Purple people swing and climb up and down from the plaza to the shops and domiciles, and others get in their own bubble cars to fly out to maintain farming equipment or power. As you can see, we have truly achieved something wonderful here in our life in the sky. Automation, improved biological science, and safe power has created a time of prosperity for us children, of the cradle but always remember future geniuses are needed to keep society moving forward grow learn and discover the next home for our society look up young ones maybe a life among the stars is next and that is the end of the micro i'm
0: just imagining the jetsons mixed with grape ape
1: yeah i mean that's kind of what i was going for Great was this like I like the idea of kind of like this retro future thing where everything's under glass domes and they have flying cars, um, and it's all like really advanced, like kind of automated technology. Although I guess in the Jetsons it was also very corporate, because like oh, sure what saw. was didn't like George George Jetsons company make widgets or something, you know? I don't remember.
0: All I remember is they uh, had a sure robot maid named Rosie. Yeah. That's literally that all was... I remember in the dog. It was basically the Flintstones in
1: yeah. See, the thing was, it was literally the Flintstones, but with different set dressing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I like the Flintstones more. That's why I don't really remember the Jetsons too much.
1: Uh, I think I liked the Jetsons more, but I don't really remember.
0: Dabba dabba do.
1: But neither here nor there. Um, I like this idea of this like super advanced society that like are in these. I imagine them as looking like the platforms from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, the ones that are like. But I want them to be, like, broken loose and just kind of hovering around, you know? So, in my head canon, the reason they have to be able to move around is so they don't shadow areas of the surface below and kill all the plant life. Yeah, okay. Um, so, instead, they would move constantly to allow sunlight to get to the surface, but, you know, it would still also allow for um, the platforms to, like, be able to collect solar energy and do everything um but yeah that's that's my society and then in the next section it's not as much about the society so much as if i was to use this as a setting for an rpg some ideas that i have for stories yeah
0: that's cool interesting i like it so far i like i mean i really just like imagining grape ape like just hundreds of them just walking around just like hello good neighbor yeah just
1: i kind of have a twist in my next section i
0: think i think you'll like so that they're not actually grape apes
1: well they're not literally made of grapes. Well I know I know um,
0: that, but like Grape Ape wasn't either. Yeah, he was. He wasn't made of grapes? Yes he was. What? Are you kidding
1: with me? Grape Ape was obviously made of grapes. What?
0: Hold on. Now I have to test you.
1: What? I just I just want you to know that I got you to Google is Grape Ape made of grapes. Yeah, you're full of it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm lying, obviously.
0: You're full of crap. Like, literally, it's like, I don't know that much about grape ape. And you're sitting here like, oh, it's th- it's this. And you always do that thing where you, to think you think to you Google know the grape most. made this- of grapes. Anyways, this is Society History Part 3. Comes from Eddie Toulon, Sylvalian Scholar. Carlisa Thorpe was an extraordinary ship captain. She navigated the oceans with ease. Her experience battling the ocean leviathans gave her crew great confidence. Carlisa's skill and knowledge of the Great Ocean spread to generations to come as she became the true reason Sioux was able to find other lands with ease. The first crew to return was due to sheer luck. Carlisa, on the other hand, had skill. After hearing news that there were indeed other lands in Vale, she set off to the south while her former student-turned-pirate, Mariah, headed north. They thought of it as a friendly competition. Whoever found the more extravagant treasure was the one who would truly stand out as the greatest ship captain. Days turned into weeks. A few weeks turned soon turned into a month as Carlisa's crew sailed to the south. They entered the dark region of Vale, one where the light did not reach. They were close to giving up due to the disappearing light, deeming it better to turn back while they still could. That's when they saw it, a white landmass to the south. They thought they had struck up gold until they made it to the land and saw what it truly was. It was a land devoid of life and heat. On the shores of this frozen land stood the frozen monuments of those who were unfortunate enough to be trapped in the frigid ice. Carlisa and her crew pushed forward believing that there had to be something of worth in this wasteland. Maybe they were motivated by fairy tales of treasures in dark places but whatever drove them to continue on would also be their doom for they found nothing but dead frozen bodies, faces stricken with fear as they tried to escape the cold. Carlisa's crew tried to make it back to their ship, but they could not leave as the hull of their boat had frozen into the surrounding waters. They tried to push on into the wastes, hoping there was another way out, but a blizzard eventually trapped their souls in the wastes forever. Those coming to the south in later years will refer to this frigid wasteland as Carlisa's grave, as they found her frozen corpse huddled amongst their banners. Was that dark enough for you?
1: It's pretty yeah. dark. It's pretty dark.
0: To the north, Maria the pirate had much more luck. Her crew, the Cold Water Pirates, stumbled upon a frozen tundra. The lands were cold and unforgiving, but survivable. To their surprise, they saw an enormous bear as tall as the highest tower in Suvale. It was covered in thick sheets of ice and its fur was speckled with arrows and blood. Chasing that bear were people covered head to toe in animal skins. With Mariah's arrival, the people were distracted so their prey got away. But the people of Avale were all struck. They had never seen people outside of their tribe, the Ellis, albeit people with such beautiful t- skin tones. They believed the civilians were angels sent to help them prosper amongst the cold. The Ellis, Clothed Mariah and her crew in sacred garments that would protect them from the cold and taught them the languages of Avale. Mariah knew that if she w- should return to Suvale and tell of her findings, King Bertram would claim Avale as his own and su- subjugate the Tundra people. Mariah had already grown very close to the people of Avale and refused to betray them for Suvale. The Ellis were looking for guidance as they had abandoned their old gods. Mariah dis- Cited to fulfill their needs. She and her crew taught them to build a great palace of carved ice and how to put the materials they harvested from the behemoths to good use. The lands of Avale fused cultures with that of their Suvalian comrades. Future generations would know Mariah as their angel in the snow, looking upon her with reverence. Bertram's sons, those wretched twins, Serpic and Tarn, sailed across Inra, facing great resistance. The Leviathans tried to keep them from the continent of Truvale, but with their true ruthlessness, supported by guns and cannons, they were able to fight off the great beast. Serpic and Tarn saw these monsters and deemed the waters evil and the Leviathans devils. When they finally landed upon Truvale, they saw many new creatures, large beasts that they had previously only heard of from tales of eradication in Suevale. Believing these animals to be monsters, they claimed the land was cursed. Curious to who these people were, a small tribe of Truvale tried to greet them. But they were captured as proof that other humans existed outside of the western continent. The language of Truvale and Suvale were very similar, so the tribe tried to explain who they were. They spoke that they were all equal under the five moons, that they could live in peace and needed not be captured. Their religion clashed with Serpic and Tarn, and the twins called these people Children of the True Devil. They thought to enslave the people and return to Suvale so they could raise an army to purify the land of truevale under King Bertram. Those wretched twins believed it was their destiny to take over truevale and this will create conflict on the western side of truevale for years to come. Dark enough for you yet?
1: <laughs> Yours is just more detailed than its misery.
0: <laughs> I love misery. Um... <laughs> On the eastern side of Truevale, Willem Douglas also landed safely upon the shore. The shore. Unlike the wretched twins of Suvale, Douglas was not a conqueror. He was a scholar and a poet. His crew saw the behemoths and the thin apes and hoped to study them in their natural habitat. They explored the land until they stumbled upon curious eyes. Douglas did not look to the people of Truevale as savages or devils, but instead saw a learning opportunity. He would learn from their world, and they would learn from his. He wanted both sides to live as equals. They became allies and traveled together. Through their travels, they came across more Truvalian tribes. As traditions, these tribes coexisted, learning to trade and respect what the other tribes had so they could all survive. The Trevalian saw Douglas not as a conqueror, unlike the rumors of the white devils with identical faces, but instead saw him and his crew as family. Unlike Mariah in the North, Douglas did not create Sioux vale culture in Truevale, but instead learned from the people and combined the two cultures. With the other tribes, they found what many in Sioux vale would call an alliance, but Douglas would call a friendship. The tribes of Truevale began to seek unity across the continent. They continued their nomadic lifestyles, only a few tribes making true homes along the plains of Truevale. News eventually reached back to King Bertram that Willem, king of the savages, was raising defense against the twins. That news was wrong about one important detail. The Trevalians did not see Willem as a king, but as a brother. That wasn't dark, right? See, look, there's some, there's some mild <laughs> happiness in this. Manuel Geese, one of King Bertram's holy order priests, traveled with a contingent of holy men in order to spread the king's religion to all of the land. They crossed the sea, believing that God's will protected them from the unholy monsters of the deep. As they approached the new land, they saw a vast landscape that surrounded a mountain. Geese and his men saw something perched on top of the mountain, but could not explain it. When they landed, they were approached by a large group of what they called savages. They wanted to educate these savages and spread the Sioux religion. Little did they know, this was a Krim war party, and the words that they were screaming were not out of all of the civilian ships, but cries for a battle. Geese tried to defuse the situation by quoting scripture, but these words fell on deaf ears. The Krims looked towards the shape on the mountain, and the great obelisk spread its large wings, giving them the signal to attack. The Krims dispatched Geese and his holy men rather quickly. They were disappointed that they did not fight a strong opponent, and did not find glory in battle. When they brought back news of the strangely dressed foreigners and their ships to the Krim war chief, he was indeed intrigued by the civilian ships. To him, this meant there were more people outside of Edia, more battles to fight, and more glory to be found. With Griffith's blessing, the Krims studied the ships and planned to make their own. With this newfound technology, they would sail across the ocean and defeat any enemy they came across until there were only until they were the only ones left in the world. They decorated their newly built ships with the corpses of the holy men, and painted their flags with the blood of their enemies. Much like King Bertram of Suvail, the Crims sought world domination. Almost done. Sorry, this is my longest part.
1: <laughs> no, in the good. south,
0: the battle between the Amterassians and Suvale raged on. Suvale was determined to have what they called the Holy City. Unknown to the warring parties, a small group of rogues accompanied by Mes- Mesa Aria the Healer continued past the war where they discovered a verdant ray forest. Inside, they found an almost magical land with flora and fauna they had never seen before. In the midst of the forest, they expected to find hostile creatures and people who would drive them from the land. Instead, they were welcomed by the Saluge, a tribe of people covered in colorful symbols who lived in harmony with the behemoths of the forest. Mesa and her people were awestruck. They had never seen anything like this before. They had heard of legends of the behemoths that the Knights of Suveil had fought and had seen the lizards of the desert. Never before had they seen such a variety of behemoths that lived in peace with humans. The Saluge, or United Folk of the Rainforest, told Mesa of their philosophies and religion. All humans were one and came from many gods who created the world. They did not follow just one god as the people of Suvale did. With the many gods came the understanding that one group of humans did not own all the land, but was created for all. This intrigued Mesa. She fell in love with their philosophies of equality. The people of Seleucia didn't have one leader or even follow one of the behemoths. They all benefited each other and believed that human life should reflect this across the entire world. Mesa wanted to know more, and the Saludes shared their methods of healing. With it came the utilization of plants with almost magical healing properties. Mesa, who still held great loyalty to King Bertram, left the rainforest to return to Suveil with news of her findings in the south. Unfortunately, on the return trip, Half of Mesa's people were captured by Amteras. The Amterasian Emperor Ka forced the truth out of Mesa's men and learned of the rainforest. Ka believed that capturing the forest will give them the upper hand in the war against Suveil. Vale. He sent troops down, to s- down south to capture the people of the rainforest, but saw resistance through the Bohemus. The sluige were not well versed in battle, but the Bohemus be- wanted to protect the harmony that they had created. Mesa, having returned to Suvale, begged King Bertram to send troops to the Selugia rainforest in order to protect those lands. She begged the king to find harmony with, with Amtras and the Selugia as she had begun to believe was necessary for peace. King Bertram listened but held no intention, intention of giving up the holy land of Amtras or the forest of Selugia for ridiculous ideas of harmony. He promised to protect selugia but held ulterior motives of capturing the rainforest and using the secrets to benefit Suvale. Now that the rest of the world knew of each other, things vastly changed. And that's my third part.
1: How sentient are the Leviathans and Behemoths? Um, I would
0: say they are as sentient as the humans. Like, like okay, because like you Leviathans. talked about humans following mm-hmm, them. Sorry?
1: that so you talked about humans following them i didn't know if that was like we follow this behemoth yeah and the behemoths just they're like and they're like that means we go to war now yeah, the behemoths
0: <laughs> and like i would say like the Levitas behemoths and like griffith the hawk are all um like decently sentient like some of the other animals like the thin apes that i mentioned and like the lizards are not as sentient what are thin what? apes
1: what are oh, they apes? are Sasquatch. Oh, okay. I wondered if that was Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah, I was they're Sasquatch sure. and Yeti. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Anywho. Um, I like my part. Okay, so my last... <laughs> I do too, I do too. Funny. I was just curious about some of those things. Okay, so my last section, like I said, I kind of wanted to talk about how I imagine using this world as, like, a setting for some stories. So, um... I set up this idea that there was, like... So I set up this idea that, um the civilization that kind of ended up conquering the other one was on uh GM major. Right. But originally they came from GM minor fled, created a civilization and then went back and conquered GM minor. Yep. Right. So I like the idea that there's still some bad blood there. Like ancestry is still traced and there is still some resentment that one civilization wholly conquered the other. So like, Right now, there is, like... I would say that m- my imagining is that the society would be fairly agnostic. Okay. Um, but there's, like, a kind of pseudo-spiritualism of people that think that, like, this civilization messed up, maybe. And they shouldn't have conquered Gia Minor. And so, like, there are... Going to the surface of the planet is very common in, like, a recreational way but that has also become as like a religious thing. Um, so that is like one source of conflict is like this, um, technology has advanced to the point where it's not damaging to the planet. But does that mean it's good that the people on this world have basically untethered themselves from nature? They just don't rely on it anymore at all. So they're not hurting nature, but does that mean it's good that they've completely abandoned it as a way of life? You know what I mean? And that was like the difference between Gia Major and Gia Minor. Um, The other thing that I wanted to toy with, and I mentioned this briefly, and this was like me trying to do like histories written by the victor. The culture that was on Gia Minor had discovered and utilized magic and curses. That was real, but they got destroyed. So all of that was wiped (laughs) away. But what it means is that somewhere buried in Gia Minor, there are ancient ruins with magical artifacts.
0: You know what I like.
1: From the society that was attempted to be wiped away, right? So, like, there might still be hidden enclaves of, like, magic purple (laughs) apes, but they have to be hidden and pretend like they don't exist. Otherwise, they would be conquered because this was, like, a cultural cleansing that happened of a society that was built up around magic. And yeah, like there was this initial hostility of like, we were forced off the continent and that's only vaguely true. Like again, it's history written by the yeah. victors. Um, but it just meant that they developed in two very different ways. So I like this idea that magic does exist and was discovered okay. and utilized by the purple apes on G minor. But then that culture was totally burnt away. Um, so, like, an idea that I would have to, like, run a game in this setting or, like, have a story in this setting would be, like, oh, a bunch of, um, you know, people go on, like, their college trip <laughs> down to Gia Minor to explore and then, like, fall down into these ancient ruins and find magic and are like, oh, my gosh, this whole culture was here and it was all gone, um, you know, so it's like that discovery that there was something else there. That was kind of. I mean, of I like that idea going because back I like stories like
0: this. It's like, oh my god, there's so much more than meets the eye about this world.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like suddenly the world kind of gets bigger because we've like the feeling would be like, oh, we've discovered yeah. everything, right? Society has figured it all out. They're perfect, and then figuring out that there was this whole different path that was completely cut off. You know, so I think that would be like a fun that, that would that would be uh, a story to tell in this. Man,
0: you should run a anD um, campaign in this sometime
1: right then like on the other side of this is urban exploring is really popular um so in the cities that were left so they made these big floating cities but they just left the ones down there and those are all starting (laughs) to overgrow so i like that as a setting of like a post-apocalyptic city that didn't actually have an apocalypse have you been playing horizon zero dawn Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. You know, honestly, though, it's funny. Where I am in Horizon Zero Dawn, there is, like, I am not near any buildings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just been wandering through the desert. But, yeah, it's, like, that kind of, like... But not because of, like, a bad thing, really. It's a good thing that these cities were abandoned. It just is, like, a thing that people yeah. do now. Um. Also, like, a detail that I don't know if I, like, made clear, but I want to clarify is... um, The... People in this world never lost their ability to, like, transit via swinging by their arms. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. You kind of...
0: I I remember you kind of mentioning something like that, like, seeing them swinging on the buildings.
1: Like, there's, like, ropeways across the buildings, and that's, like, sidewalks as they just climb across, you know? Um, So, like, climbing around these types of old cities would be very easy and, like, recreational. Um... I do like the idea of a new uh, a new sentient race evolving on the <laughs> surface of the planet. You know what I mean? Like they go back down and they find like lizards holding a spear, and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> 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 "I like that
0: the the of a lot." Just like you see, just like ah, crap.
1: <laughs> well, like you know, you like go down, like oh, you know, they're not really paying attention to it. That's not their day to day life. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone's on a trip and they get shot at with a bow and arrow, and they look over and there's it was like, awful.
0: Just like you know.
1: Uh, a bipedal Lizphos. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh no! We're not alone anymore. Uh, that and I want aliens to attack this world. I think that would be fun. Okay. Just like, I want to I wanna have a Jetsons battle with, like, bubble cars and then, like, nightmare alien ships. I just think that'd be okay. fun. Okay. These are all the things I want this society to deal with. Well, especially because this is a society that is largely at peace. So how yeah, how do you have an um, you know? Yeah, invasion. You know, they've, like, the their past exploits in war were like a uh, a source of constant shame and they try to gloss over it kind of like if you notice that section about the conquest of Gia Minor was really short because like the future this like retrofuturism thing is like wanting to really gloss over how bad right. that was you know um so now they've like oh we don't need weapons anymore you know all peace but then you know alien invasion i think would be a good hook for a story in this world and then yeah did you have any no, questions no, i Anything like i like that you kind of ex- like
0: wrapped it all up nicely there
1: oh other thing this doesn't matter it's just a detail that i wrote in but there was really no good way to say this the they don't wear clothes they're still like covered god, in god i hair. knew you were going to say that um,
0: does one of them it's wear it's like a green like baseball like, cap with like a polo shirt and a t- bow tie
1: no, Brape- no they just wear i just clothes great I wrote in my like I had an outline and then like wrote. What the, is up you know, with you like, having like all words. of
0: your non sentient races just don't wear clothes? Well, these, these guys. Well, are sorry, all of your non human races just don't wear clothes.
1: Well, I mean clothes are kind of weird. Like it's just a weird thing. That but we I'm do. really like, glad that you're wearing
0: clothes right now. Co- no, Cody, but you know what I mean. It's Cody, just like keep I, that it's shirt a off, strange... please. Thank you, buddy. It's... Don't need to see it. Huh? Don't need to ever see it.
1: <laughs> um. But it's just like you know, no other animals. Anyway, it, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Like, there's a functionality to wearing clothes. Like, it keeps you from scratching yourself. But I guess, I, I guess, like, so while I was writing this world, I have friends that have a like biology degrees, and I kept messaging them questions, and now I want to ask them why we don't have fur anymore. Because I'm like, what advantage was there in us losing our fur?
0: You know, there are some there are some people some who point, still have fur. Let me tell you.
1: I'm just not particularly. Uh, I am not either.
0: I don't need to talk about it. Anyways,
1: I have thick facial hair that hurts my face. That's pretty much
0: all I got. I don't have much hair on my arms, legs, chest, and I'm just very, very minimal. Can I get to my part, please? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you can. I'm done also a freaking pin exploded on me today so i keep looking down at my arms and seeing like red thinking i'm bleeding but no it's just the pin that exploded on me <laughs> it's like, like complete like it was like a complete explosion it's just like i am covered in red ink all over my arms
1: that has very rare <laughs> yeah, happened.
0: you me. measure my surprise <laughs> anyways this is my society current um So, like, the part that I told, like, before, this would be, like, the setup if I wanted to do an RPG. Like, the, you know, kind of the traveling stuff. And this could be, like, another setting for it. But I like the idea of, like, traveling to different worlds and, like, discovering these different things that people have set up across the world of my world. Anyways, this last part comes from um, Tracius the Observer, yet again. The gods created this world with the idea that humans would unite and rule over the behemoths. With the age of exploration, I expected these humans to follow the gods' beliefs. I expected that they would discover each other and find peace. That happened in some areas, but for the most part, they all wanted to conquer one another. In the south, the frozen wastes of Carlisa's grave remained uninhabitable. No matter who sailed to that area, they would always find the pitch-black nothing. Rumors would spread that Carlisa Thorpe had hidden treasure there, but no one will ever find anything in the waste. To the north, at the center of Avale, the crystal kingdom Elysia is surrounded by a wall of behemoth bones. These bones come from all of the Ellis' great hunts. The behemoths of the north are to be hunted till extinction, existing as they did in Suvale, dead treasures to be used for stories of glory. The Crystal Kingdom of Elysia is ruled by a council made up of descendants of Moriah and her crew, and also elders of the tribe of Elis. They protect their kingdom from outsiders as if it is some secret. Those who come across the Crystal Kingdom are either welcomed in under the condition that they will only serve the Elis, or they are buried in the snow amongst the behemoth bones to never spread the word of the Crystal Kingdom. If you should try and escape, you should meet a similar fate. You're doing a look, which means you're either not paying attention or you're judging me.
1: I'm, I'm not judging you. I was messaging my friends that okay. have degrees in biology about why we don't Anywho. have fur. In tr- it was a quick It, was it a quick message. You,
0: you always text during the show. I don't care. In True Vale, that was the most passive aggressive I've ever been on this show. Anyways.
1: I don't think that is the most it's passive really, it's aggressive. It's pretty close. In,
0: in True Vale, the separate <laughs> tribes co- coexist, spreading ideas of harmony between them. Wilm’s influence still exists, and a small tribe called the Suru carries on his legacy. The people of Truvale have united against outside influence. The devil-faced twins have retreated for now, back to Suvale to focus on the war to the south. But there are still those who come from Suvale in order to colonize the land. They are met with resistance and pushed out of the land. Though there are those, especially the Surus, who believe that the land should be open for all people there is still lingering hope that Vale will become inhabited by all citizens of Vale as the gods had dreamed. In Suvale, the war of the south has continued. The war has reached a dead standstill with neither side gaining or losing ground. King Bertram was never able to see his dream of conquering the holy land as he has passed away. Now Serpic rules the kingdom of Suvale with close advising from his twin Tarn. They lead an even harsher rule than Bertram, and now believe that the only way to gain the Holy Land is through the complete eradication of the Antaressians. North and south of Antares are at risk of falling as they fight both the battle against Suveil and one against Sulugia. The Suveilians have joined forces with Sulugia in the south, under the guise that they want to protect the rainforest. Unbeknownst to the behemoths that fight in the deep south, once Antorus falls, King Serpic plans to eradicate the Seleugians. The harmonious philosophies and the perceived magical medicines are at threat of being lost forever. Unknown to the other continents, the Crims are coming. They sail across Zella, with Griffith the Hawk of the Plains following closely behind them. Unlike the Savalians, they only want war. There is no desire for land, medicine, or treasure, they only want to conquer their enemies. From the east comes death, and every living being that the Crims come across is at risk. The age of exploration also gave the most dangerous race of people the desire to explore. Soon the world will know the wrath of the Crims. Is there chaos to follow this age of exploration, or will the threat of the Crims bring harmony to the other lands? That story will one day write itself, and one day we will see the next age, how the next age plays out. And that's my last part. Woo. I,
1: I like it. Thanks. I actually really like the inclusion of Leviathans. I think that made it really fun
0: or like the big yeah.
1: monsters and stuff. Like it was kind of subtle why those mattered, but I still like it. It's just kind of added more flavor.
0: Yeah. I kind of left it more subtle because it's like, this is written by humans, so the human history is, like, the most important. But, like, yeah, the Leviathans also down in the deep sea have their own great histories. And also, I enjoyed the idea of, like, you know, sailing across the sea is dangerous because the sailing across the sea. But also, you could get just straight up killed by a Leviathan.
1: Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, anyways.
1: No, I just I just think it's, like... uh I think it just adds like a funness to exploration. If all like the sea yeah. monsters were there's, real, you know, there's
0: freaking Sasquatch, chupacabras, sea monsters, giant apes, giant bears, the freaking giant hawk of the plains that just wipes out civilizations. It's cool stuff. Anyways, that that yeah. was my. I actually I like really it. liked working on this project. I mean, definitely would like to do it again with the prompt. Maybe maybe an easier um, prompt, but I, I really enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, definitely an easier prompt. like Like,
0: more broad, like, just fantasy. But I, I also liked having the direction of doing, like, a um a like time period-based one. And also, like, finding a time period that was, like, expansive enough to do two episodes on. Like, because I could have said this, oh, I want to do, like, samurai times. But, like, how was I going to make two episodes out of that?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Because, like, I don't know. I think... That was somewhat a downside of mine, because, like, once you get to the point where it's Jetson apes, that isn't really, like, there isn't a lot to say there, you know? It's Jetsons, but with apes, so that's, like, pretty straightforward. Yeah. I guess. Jetsons with
0: apes. I mean.
1: Anyways, it was all the stuff before that that I found interesting, and then all the potential stuff (laughs) afterwards that I ended up finding more interesting than... My actual I don't setting. know.
0: I, I enjoyed your setting, but like, I literally can't get the image of Jetsons apes out of my head. Like when you're like explaining the histories and stuff, I'm just imagining like the apes, but with grape ape. Not the apes. Sorry, the Jetsons <laughs> with grape ape just running
1: around. I mean, I don't think it's quite as big as grape ape. Grape yeah, no, ape's pretty he's, gigantic. he's like
0: as tall as a building, isn't he? Oh, he's also made up of grapes. Shut up, Cody. Anyways, it's time. It's time <laughs> for the first time in like ten episodes to roll for a world.
1: Yeah, I know, and I noticed that yeah, you so, moved. Yeah, so it's
0: easier to tell, just do 1 through 14.
1: Well, the thing is, Jordan, I'd already rolled, and I rolled a nat 20, which was yeah, New Our sti- world Yeah, then it's still New Our world
0: it. Unless you want to roll again, because okay, so I really don't want to do R New R-World, world, but, you know, it's fine.
1: I mean, I can tell you what I got okay, if I what rolled do you again. Get? We'll decide. It's not what? much different. <laughs> it's urban fantasy, <laughs> which is kind of like New Our world <laughs>
0: So okay, 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 so okay Give me, give me, kind of like a hint it. on noir because I don't know noir as well as you do. Like the only thing I can think of that's like noir, but also like a like a, a different type of world is really like um, Bioshock and Bioshock like Burial at Sea.
1: I don't even know if I would. Well, call ba- those have you noir, played Burial at Sea? Because Burial at
0: Sea is definitely noir. Uh,
1: well, I guess it kind of is. I, I haven't played Burial at oh, no. Well, Burial C was,
0: like, done noir because he's a private detective in, um... It, that, yeah, that, that and Elizabeth in, yeah. is now, like, the, you know, the um, femme fatale who, like, gives him the job that he needs and comes along with him. So, yeah, it is. But, like, what... what?
1: Does she end up stabbing him in the back? Don't want
0: to spoil. That's actually
1: a really good point. Don't spoil it for me because I sh- do want to play You that should play at it. At some it's point, really, and I really haven't good. done it yet. But,
0: yeah, no, so, like, explain, um, like, what makes a world noir...
1: Well, okay, so, I'm trying to think of the right way, because noir, like, film noir is where, like, the term comes from, and that had a certain, like, set of tropes that I think, um, maybe don't, maybe if kind of, it's, the, the term noir has kind of grown to mean more than that, you know, um, because, like, I would say Noir is generally something with, like, a lot of moral ambiguity. Um, You don't have a lot of, you know, like, good guys and bad guys. There is usually some kind of mystery or something Is Soylent
0: Green Noir? No,
1: okay. I don't think. What's Soylent Green? That's, like, the weird... It's people, Yeah, but, right? like,
0: he's a detective, like, trying to figure out why this guy died. And, like, he gets this job, and, like, there's a lot of moral and ambiguity, like, figuring out the
1: ah, uh, okay, like, kind of. And then, like, in terms of style, like, I think it's one that wants to have a lot of light and dark. There's a lot of juxtaposition in, like, the filming. There's a lot of, uh, like, the lighting's usually very obscured. And um I'm trying to think of the other way to put this. It's atmospheric. It's usually very slow. Um, I also think that given the time... There is a certain—I mm, don't know if sexism is the right word or just outright oh, hatred of women mm-hmm. that is like the reason. I, I'm not—not not that I'm like trying to defend this. I just don't know if it's exactly the same thing. Um, it was just like an archetype was that like women were evil and nefarious. I guess that's sexism. I don't know what else they would call that. Um,
0: I found it's better just not to like defend things. It's just like, yeah, no, it's probably sexist.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not trying to defend it. That's not my point. I just don't know if it's like the same impulse.
0: So, um, like, give me give me some uh, examples of like, like noir stuff that I like because, like, I am kind because of, I don't know noir as much as you, so I'm kind oh, of going in blind. Oh,
1: well, like have like noir movies that you may have seen. Have you ever seen Blade Runner? Yeah. Okay. Blade Runner would be like modern noir. <laughs> Um, but is but have you is ever seen the Double no, I'm feeling like
0: the noir is more of the story rather than the world.
1: Um, no, I mean there's an aesthetic to noir. Like, like I said, it's it's usually moral ambiguity and like the stark relief between light and dark. Things are always in the shadow and obscure. Yeah, but how are we gonna do that on an audio it's, podcast? It's me- I don't know. I mean, the shadow is kind of noir. The shadow. Yeah, it was like an audio drama. It's like oh, a audio
0: that drama. the shadow. Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: Like the yeah, shadow yeah, knows I, 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 what evil lies in the heart. Yeah, of- yeah like the <laughs> shadow, the whisper,
0: like all of those. You know. Like you know.
1: Yeah, I mean those are those are like audio dramas that were, but again, more of these stories very
0: rather than the actual world itself.
1: Well, no, but I mean, there's like a setting to the shadow that is itself noir. He can disappear into shadows that is like a noir thing
0: okay i mean
1: i also think that that term has become so like uh overused for everything that it is now wholly meaningless and just means was altered dark, carbon I guess. noir uh i think altered carbon wants to say that it's <laughs> about noir, to say it. no i think I altered Don't carbon know.
0: was trash <laughs>
1: yeah i just didn't like altered carbon enough to say that it was i would mm, there just isn't a modern like there's certain parts of the genre that i think don't play for a modern audience anymore or just don't make sense and like not just the sexism which is kind of like was a i don't want to say was an integral part of the genre but kind of like it was in blade runner right like the female characters were not treated well and were also kind of bad people in that movie. Um, that is typical for the genre. Um, but just the like pacing and the aesthetic does not play well anymore. To have like most of the movie be invisible and be really boring and just be about how terrible people are. Um, but it's a genre of movie that I really like. I could, I could send you some if you want I, to watch. Some of them are free. You could watch Double Indemnity. That movie's great. I will
0: ch- read up on some of the stuff and try to make a new world. And I think I'm going to have to waive the idea of a yellow card next week because I do not have the experience to know what I am doing okay cody what are your plugs check me out at the wandering gamer network um you can check me out at something i guess zero zero at twitch.tv and also you can listen to my new podcast the side characters podcast i will post a link in the podcast description thank you all for listening we shall catch y'all on the flip side Bye. bye